Hello, Sam Panianovich. How are you today, my friend? I'm good. Did you make a wish at 11-11? Is that what you're supposed to do? That's what I've been told. I didn't know that was a thing. Hmm. So, Sam, I'm also, just before we talk about football, looking at a story in the Sun-Times. Here's what a new Sox ballpark in the South Loop could look like. And there's already some concern that the city, the owner of the team, the mayor or the city council are getting a little in front of their skis here. Let's get some public input. Let's consider all the ramifications before we all fall in love with a ballpark that will almost seem like a foregone conclusion. That's the Chicago way, right? It's let's go ahead and do it and then get the public input. But it really wasn't, it didn't matter what the public said because the power brokers in the city already determined if we're going to have a street race from NASCAR or extend the Lollapalooza concert or, or any of those sorts of things. So in the rendering that we do have here, it looks gorgeous. Who wouldn't love it? There's one little problem. I don't know if you noticed with the rendering that they put out. You've got the ballpark, which is open air. So you see the center field wall and scoreboard and one of those long poles that says Chicago White Sox down one of the lines. They misspelled the word Chicago in the rendering. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't catch that one. I did. I did love the. Uh, the best part about the rendering, I guess, was that it's facing the downtown skyline. That is a must to me. If you're going to build a ballpark over yep. there on yep. Lot 78, you yep. have to do what Illinois Chicago did. UIC. Yes. Um, I used to call games there. Yeah, Granderson Stadium is beautiful, and it's right off Roosevelt and Halstead. And if you're in the batter's box, you are literally looking at the Sears Tower when you're about to, uh, you know, take your at-bat. It's, it's breathtaking. And I think any ballpark that is built in the vicinity of downtown that has the ability to look at our gorgeous skyline should take full advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. and none of our venues really do. I, I have been to many a game at uh, UIC, and I have had that very— I told some of my friends, the Mincing Rascals, we were talking about it, and I said— that the best view of the city from a sports venue in town is in the baseball stands or the batter's box at UIC. They got that right. They got that right. Uh, even though no doubt. in the rendering they spelled Chicago wrong. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the big football game this weekend. What are you thinking about it, Sam? You're going to love this. One of the bets I've made, I have six of them right now. One of the bets is that one of the kickers will make a 60-yard field goal. <laughs> and did you take that? You took the over on a 60? I need 60-plus. It was 40-1. to one. Oh, So understand tempting. it's mathematically unlikely, given that it's 40-1. to one. It's actually come down a little bit. It's 30-1. to one. But if you bet 10 bucks, you win 400. Yeah, I would do and that. And I really do think, look, you're, you're kicking inside in Vegas. It's a dome stadium. Weather, wind, not an issue. We've seen Harrison Butker kick 60-yarders. Moody, the kicker um, from San Francisco who went to Michigan, he's kicked 60-yarders. I think these pass rushes are very good defensively, and if we get to a third and five, third and seven at the you know 38-yard line and a big sack happens, whether it be Nick Bosa or Chris Jones, bring down the quarterback, and then it's fourth and 13 from the 44, it's possible we see an attempt. And then you also have to consider, John, the end of the first half, team gets the ball, 90 seconds left to go. They just try and get in field goal range. Uh, but these guys have big legs. Again, 
60 yard plus. I know you did that in college probably, but it's not uh, it's not under record, correct? That's correct. I did in my junior year in high school kick a it might have even been my sophomore year for the uh, Manuka Indians. Uh, I, I banged out a 38-yarder, and there was a story about it in the Joliet Herald, but enough about me. <laughs> That's the end of that story. Uh, Sam, by the way, is a betting analyst for New England Sports Network and Fox Sports um, at Nesson.com, N-E-S-N.com. He used to work here. He was on my show regularly on Saturdays, and he still makes regular appearances with our John Records Landecker. So you know a little bit about this stuff. The wagering is off the charts, isn't it? Not just prop bets, but, uh, you know, like silly bets about Taylor Swift or the National Anthem, but, you know, nuts and bolts bets. This is maybe the biggest wagering event ever. Is that right? It is. You also weigh in the Taylor Swift effect, which is undeniable. Her hardcore fans are infatuated with Kansas City and Travis Kelsey and all that, and it, it makes for good television. It makes for high ratings, and it makes for a high-handle game in terms of dollars wagered. The AGA, American Gaming Association, is estimating that we as Americans are going to wager $23 billion on the game. Um, That's legal, illegal, that's with your friends, squares, pools, and um, that's 26% of American adults. I also make the joke when I give those numbers that those are the adults that are willing to admit they're going to bet on the Super Bowl game. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's so easy to do it now. And again, you know, you and I have this conversation every year around this time. Most people betting the Super Bowl are betting $5 a pop, $10 a pop. I mean, they're not betting hundreds and thousands of dollars because the regulated market only allows you to bet what you have in your account. So, this is not like betting ten grand with a bookie in some shady back alley. This is regulated, legalized, and, and people are, are going to gamble on this game because it is, as you said, it is the betting spectacle of the season. And when you add in the Swifties and Mahomes and Kelsey and Kansas City and the, the fan base and the legacy of San Francisco, this is going to be not only will it break viewership records, it will break betting records. Sam Panionovich used to work here, still regularly guests here. He's a betting analyst out New England way now at the New England Sports Network and Fox Sports. Nesson.com, N-E-S-N.com is where he lives. By the way, I just was handed this from producer Pete. It says ex-Bears Steve McMichael, Devin Hester, and Julius Peppers make the Hall of Fame. Now, that's according to sources who have told that to the Sun-Times. I guess we'll find out this evening. But McMichael, Devin Hester, how about that? And Julius Peppers, uh, it sounds like, will be in the Hall of Fame. Any thoughts about that, Sam? I guess we do claim Julius Peppers. He was here for a couple cups of coffee. I remember Peppers more as a Carolina Panther, but he was sensational here in the very limited time we had him. And then, of course, he left Chicago to go to Green Bay. Um, Charles Tillman, I think, eventually is going to be the next bear. I think he should go in. But Hester's the best return man of all time. And, uh, yeah, Mongo McMichael, I mean, it speaks for itself, the story there, Super Bowl champion, and, uh, you know, I'm, 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 so, I'm so heartbroken for, for the McMichaels and, and what they've gone through over the last handful of years. It's been such a sad story, but what a tremendous guy, jovial, gregarious, just a, a great dude, Steve McMichael. And so much love and support for him then and, and now, people haven't forgotten um, uh, Devin Hester was a specialist, though. Is there any controversy about somebody who returned kicks and punts, but 
you know, wasn't uh, an everyday halfback for the team. Uh, is there any controversy about that? I don't think so. I mean, you'll you'll see when the vote comes out just how popular he was in terms of how many votes he got and how many he didn't get. But he changed the position. And uh, I want to say to this day, he still has the most return touchdowns of any player in NFL history. I, I think that's accurate. If he's not first, he's second. And look, he was able to give a lot of those Bears teams that couldn't move the ball. Yeah. He gave them great field position. I mean, he would take a punt at the 10, get them to the 40, and then they would go down and get points. But he, he changed the way the teams prepared for Chicago. And then, if you remember, at the back end of his career, teams just didn't kick to him. They kicked it out of bounds. Yeah. Well, I, my, I, I thought this was a brilliant strategy. Um, they should have, like, say you're on the 20-yard line, you got 80 yards to go, hike the ball to the quarterback or just directly hike it to him, but give him, like, hike it back 20 yards and then give him a whole full head of steam and just let him go. Just treat every down or several downs like kick returns and let him make something happen. I don't know what your blocking schemes are. I don't care. Uh, they never did that. Uh, maybe it's a stupid idea, but I, I that, that was my wild card idea, Sam. That is the Super Wildcat? Is that what we call yes, it? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Um, so, uh Sam Panianovich, uh, expert on wagering and, and sports and sports wagering. Uh, who do you like to win the game? Expert's a very kind word. I will give you that $20 bill after our segment. But, it's all true. Uh, I like the word analyst because it's, it's more accurate. Mm. Um, I do think San Francisco is a better team. Kansas City has the elephant in the room, though, the best quarterback and maybe the most talented quarterback of all time, given what he can do on that field. I've got the game 24-20 San Francisco. So I do like the Niners at a cheap price on the money line. I don't want to lay two points. I just think they win the game. And it's a cheap favorite because there's an avalanche of money on Kansas City. Go ask people in the, in the lunchroom or the coffee area at work. Okay, are you betting against Mahomes? Eight out of ten people say no. Okay, well, I'm going to take advantage of that because I think the Niners are a better team. There's also a fullback on San Francisco. His name is Kyle Juszczyk. There's a bet you can make three and a half receiving yards. Over under, he has in the three. Look in the three games he's played yeah. Kansas City. Yeah, has had eleven targets, and he's caught thirty yards or more in all three of those meetings. And he is perfect for this attack because the Chiefs have a very physical secondary that plays very deep, and they have a great pass rush. What are they going to do, John? They're going to give you those four and five yard dump routes to the fullback because those are not going to beat you. However. If he catches one pass, that's it, one pass, (laughs) he's going to go over three and a half yards. So I really like that bet. I have the first quarter under nine and a half points. This Chiefs offense is not as good as it's been in years past. And the Niners are very slow and methodical. They don't don't rush into their offense. They take time. Mm -hmm. So I think we get a, a slow first quarter, maybe two, three possessions. I like under nine and a half points. I mentioned the field goal bet is a long shot, a 60-yard field goal at like 35-1. to 1. And then the last bet is that the first touchdown will be a rushing touchdown. Oh. Uh, that's plus money, like plus 120. So I get McCaffrey, Pacheco. I get maybe quarterback sneaks. But these are – don't get it twisted, John. These are run-first football teams despite all the love for the quarterbacks, Mahomes and Purdy. And McCaffrey's fun to watch carry the ball. Okay, just uh, give me your best answer in short form to 47.5 points scored. Should I take the over or under? 
I don't love it. I think it's a great number. Um, my, my numbers have 24 to 20, so, so I, I lean under there. That's 44. Yeah. Um, right. Lean under, but don't love it. Win margin is going to be. Writing a, the, did you write down forty four and circle it? I t- <laughs> yes, in fact, I did. But I wish you wouldn't know that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to send you a screen grab of my sheet. I've circled forty four. Uh, the win margin is going to be a close game, five points or less, or is it going to be six points or more? Mm. Well, you've got it at four. You've got it at under four, uh, under five. You've yeah, got it at four I, but points. but I just need the Niners to win. I don't care if it's by four or seven. These I are my questions, not way, your questions. The I na- think it's a closer game. I'd the, go five or less. The national anthem. Two minutes, yes or no? Oh, way under. There's a line on Reba. It's it's a minute twenty-seven. Yeah, this has uh, national anthem length. It's just one of these party sheets I'm filling out here. So national anthem length. Under or over two minutes, we'll take the under. That's a can of corn. Okay, so we're filling out your sheet. I got it. Okay, keep going. Uh, Gatorade bath color, I've got red. Okay, you're good at this. You've hit it two of the last three years. Yes, so I did. we'll go red. We'll go R. Uh, Taylor Swift on camera. The over under, 6.5. I think that's a huge number. I'm taking the under. I take the under too. Travis Kelsey, or the, the Kelsey brothers will be mentioned. Their relationship, the two of them in some sentence or phrase, four and a half times. I'm taking the over on that. I go over on, on Kelsey's too. Jason Kelsey shirtless on camera. Yes, no? No. I think it's a no. That, that We've already seen that. First offensive play. The first offensive play will be a pass, sack, or a run. Run. Uh, all right, I got, I, I, I hear you on that, Sam. Uh, the team to score first—that's uh, a stupid one. Who knows? That that depends on the coin toss and other factors. I put the 49ers because I got to fill it out. You got any advice for me? I like San Francisco. I think whoever wins the toss will defer, but uh, San Francisco is usually a score early team. So well, I do be like a that. two-point conversion attempt. Mm, no. I got no on that. Will there be a field goal over 44 and a half yards? I've got I hope yes. so. Yes. <laughs> well, I know you do. You, are you going to put 10 bucks down and make 300 if there's a 60-yard field goal? I've got 100 to win. Uh, I've got 100 to win 4,000. <laughs> Even better. All right. Uh, one last one. The Super Bowl MVP. Will it be a quarterback or not a quarterback? I think a lot of people would take the field, but... 70% of the time, it's a quarterback. Play the numbers. Okay, okay. Hey, it's good to hear you. Are you well? Everything good with Sam? Everything's great, man. I love talking to you, and uh, this is our annual tradition that I hope we keep going for a long time. Yeah, we'll find other reasons to visit. Have a great uh, weekend, and I'll visit with you another day. All right, John. See ya. Sam Panianovich, Chicago's own betting analyst and New England Sports Network regular at Fox Sports.